With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and our guest today is former A's outfielder and current team quality control coach Mark Kotze, who has a lot to say about the A's current group of outfielders, and he'll recall his own slow start after coming over to Oakland in 2004 and how he turned it around. Next on A's Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to the A's Plus Podcast. Today we've got former A's outfielder Mark Kotze, who is now on a special assistant. What what is how, what is your job now, Mark Kotze, with the team? Official titles, quality control coach, uh, as a member of the staff in a in a limited role. Um, you know, it provides the ability to uh, come in and give an outside evaluation because I'm not engaged on an everyday basis with the club and uh, also to uh, to do some mentorship um, you know with the guys uh, it's a young group here it's a group that's uh, come up through our system together and um, I do feel like I have some relationships uh, since being the bench coach in 16 and 17 with some of them uh, to share and 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 get thoughts and 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 give advice when when needed you've played that role before as a player I mean you, you did that even as, when you were a fairly young player I can recall when you were here playing for the A's you and Jason Kendall kind of served as the the role model slash maybe taskmasters a little a little bit um, for a pretty lively young team, including guys like Nick Swisher, uh, who I think you guys uh, had actually pretty pretty strong part in helping helping mold. Well, you, you, you seem to think so at the time, but obviously Nick was a very talented player and and uh, and had a lot of success in the game. Uh, you know, Jason and I, our time in in Oakland, we had played for uh, nine seasons, and and in that two thousand. 2006 successful season uh, as a team we we helped uh, we helped provide leadership as well as a Frank Thomas a Jay Payton um, you know uh, an Eric Chavez so um, you know we had a great group then and uh, the, that group kind of reminds me of this group um, they're, they're well bonded um, they play the game hard uh, they never feel like they're out of a game which is fun and exciting uh, for the fan base here in Oakland to come out and watch these guys play. 
you didn't retire that long ago. It's been, what, five years, I think. So the fact that you're um, not too different in age, does that help when you're talking to players that, that are, you know, on the young side with the A's now? you feel like maybe you, you can relate a little bit better to them than maybe some of the other members of, say, the coaching staff? Well, I think they relate to me. Um, there's, like you said, a, a closeness and connectivity from the time I've, I've taken the uniform off as a player and stepped into this coaching side. Um, so there is, a, there is some familiarity luckily I'm still connected to this generation uh, as you go further into the minor league system and you get into the a ball ranks of the 18 and 19 20 year olds um, I have to kind of give my uh, my resume to a certain extent when when asked you know what did you do what, when did you play so um, I still have connectivity to, to this age group and this generation of uh, what we would somewhat label millennials um, but uh, you know I, I love to to be here to be engaged um, to still be a part of the staff I'm with Bob Melvin's staff uh, here in Oakland and, and continue to learn and grow in my in my coaching side uh, of the game uh, what did players tend to come to you with is it more kind of the mental side of the game yeah I think it is mental um, you know obviously playing this game uh, for 17 years, uh, going through the ups and downs of, of, of a 162-game season, a postseason, uh, injuries, um, contract situations, um, they do, you know, tend to uh, ask questions in, in, in every aspect. And fortunately for me in my career, I've experienced those things, and I share my personal experiences with them, and I share my out, outlook uh, not only from a player's perspective, but now having served in a role as a front office uh, personnel and now a coaching staff member uh, where I was a bench coach and now to more of an evaluator mentor, um, you know, I think that I've, I've had a, a well-rounded uh, sense of experiences that, that I can provide them, uh, you know, help in any way. One of the experiences that you had that you probably might not like thinking about quite so much, but I think of every time a player gets off to a slow start here after coming over in a trade, is when you got here, you, I think it was in, well into May, you just weren't swinging the bat well. And then you went on, I think you might have hit over 350 the rest of the way, because you wound up with an average over 300. You had a really nice season. And I always kind of point to you in that season you had when, you know, in past years, Chris Davis got off to a slow start after being traded over here. Steven Piscotti got, you know, obviously different circumstances for him, but um, also had a slow start, winds up with a fantastic season. And then this year, Jerks and Profar got off to a slow start. Do you talk to guys and, and let them know, like, look, I was in exactly the same boat and I turned it around? One of the, thing, one of the things I definitely have learned uh, in this role is that I don't tend to like to approach guys because I feel like I want to hear what they're going through and have them approach me. So, you know, Jerickson's a, a different situation and coming from Texas uh, to this club. He, he relates to these guys. He knows uh, being on the other side, what they're about. And I think, you know, he's put on himself a, a level of expectation and pressure that that I did in 2004 when I came to the A's um, you know you hear all the the things about Oakland and being patient and, and how they do things here and getting on base and you know he's always been a player that's gotten on base and, and for whatever reason this year he seems to um, be a little more aggressive at the plate and swing in a little bit more and and uh, and not himself and, and I think that is a reflection of of the pressure that he's putting on himself and, and wanting to perform with this organization uh, wanting to fit in and, and those are difficult it is difficult to do uh, to make that transition and uh, you know I'm here for him and and as is the group so I, you know we do see jerks in a part of this going forward and and uh, 
and hopefully he'll make that turn and, and, and be able to relax and get comfortable. But that, you know, it's a double-edged sword because you want the success and, and then you take the pressure off you. Right. Well, what do you, do you remember what, what was different for you when you did turn, turn things around? Well, for me, I, I did have that pressure of feeling like I needed to get on base. I was hitting lead off. I needed to take pitches. But fortunately for me, it was a conversation with actually our, our acting uh, president, well, vice, is it vice president of baseball operations, Billy Bean, in, in a locker room conversation he said I didn't trade for you to, to take pitches I traded for you to be the player you are and and at that point I went forward and I swung at first pitches and and uh, and it turned my ear around Wow, Bill, Billy <laughs> Billy does everything my goodness that's, that's pretty amazing now you're a Cal State Fullerton alum there are um, I, I would I would say some pretty high-profile Fullerton alums on this team what's it like for you to see guys like Chris Davis and Matt Chapman really blossoming and thriving here no it's great uh they're they're a big part of this ball club and and the success of this club not only on the field but in the locker room um even though as you saw chris very shy in his press conference um doesn't like the attention he provides leadership in the clubhouse in a different way and then you've got the bulldog and matt chapman that goes out and plays hard but is vocal and and uh you know it's it's unique to see these guys come from cal state fullerton i'm i'm uh a very proud alumni and very proud of these guys and their success and, and what they've uh, accomplished at the professional level, but not only there, but also at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, at the time that they spent there, they were very successful players as well. Yeah, I mean, there are two guys that really are uh, already off to all-star seasons, and um, Chris really should have been an all-star earlier in his career at this point. Yeah, definitely. Chris has done amazing things. He's accomplished uh, a ton in this game at a, at a very young age. He continues to grow and, and he continues to have success and uh, help lead this team and, and hopefully help lead this team to another postseason. Now, you, you were one of the finest all-around outfielders I think the A's have had over the past couple of decades. When you look at this current A's outfield, it, it's also pretty, from an all-around perspective, you've got some really nice players, um, especially I'm thinking of Piscotti and, of course, Ramon Laureano. Um, what, what do you think of Ramon Laureano? Do you remember the first couple of times maybe you saw him and, and saw what he could do out there? Yeah, I, I do. And, and uh, you know, the obvious you know answer is that Ramon Laureano uh, can throw a baseball and and you know it's it's you don't see it every day you, through my career Vladimir Guerrero was a guy that I always uh, admired because he had arm strength but he didn't have the accuracy and Ramon has both and, it, and you don't tend to find players with the arm strength and the arm accuracy that he has um, you know I was a successful outfielder because I had instincts I closed on the ball and I made accurate throws nowhere near the arm strength that Ramon has and and has shown and I think that the league's kind of caught on to it and, and you're going to see less uh, less opportunities for Ramon to throw people out of bases because the league's aware that that it's an elite arm and uh, and the accuracy uh, to go with it. And what's amazing is that when he goes side to side, he's still accurate. And most guys with arm strength that go side to side lose accuracy. So our outfield is athletic. Um, they cover some ground. Uh, and, and as you said, it's, it's one of the better outfields in the big leagues. Yeah, what, what have you thought about Piscotti? Because he's kind of, I think he goes under the radar as a defensive outfielder, but he seems to make a couple of spectacular plays a month and he's also got a very fine arm yeah and, and Piscotti's a player that, that has instincts and uh, and as you said you know he he goes under the radar because you could watch him for a few games and and you might not you know see him make the plays that, that you expect him to make 
um, the, the wow plays, right? But he makes all the plays um, that he's expected to make. And uh, in that, he goes under the radar because, uh, as you said, you could come in and watch him for a series and not think very much of him. And then you watch him for a month or two and, and you realize, like, this guy's the real deal. He plays a, a, an all-star caliber right field. Yeah, I mean, he makes diving catches, leaping catches, catches, uh, you know, on the up against the wall in foul territory. And, and he can throw, you know, he's throwing, throwing guys out at third base, for, for goodness sake. Yeah, he's out there for a reason. And he definitely, uh, he has arm strength. He has accuracy as well. Um, you know, it's fun to watch these guys play. Now, Chad Pender's kind of an interesting case because he was more of an infielder. I know he played some outfield in, in college, but throughout his minor league career and here with the A's, we mostly saw him as an infielder. It, it turns out he's, he's a pretty darn good outfielder. What have you thought? Did you help him much as he was sort of learning, relearning how to be an outfielder and certainly do it at the major league level? I think I think he's grown uh, to um, become a, you know above average outfielder. Um, it, it takes time to learn that position. Um, you know, Ryan Christensen, uh, Mike Aldretti, myself um, have all just kind of touched him in some aspect. But he's an athlete, and athletes tend to uh, to catch on pretty quickly, and, and he's done that. Um, there's no lack of confidence in putting Chad in left field or even center field for that matter. Um, he goes and gets it. He's got one of the better first steps in, in, in the game in, in terms of just getting a jump on a ball. And, uh, and obviously, he's got the arm strength to, to handle uh, any one of the three outfield corners. Uh, we don't see him there very much anymore, obviously, because of Loriano. But I thought Mark Canna was much better in center field last year than I ever would have expected. What, what were your thoughts when you saw him out there? Yeah, no, Mark's done a fine job, you know, and, and he's another player that's that's got the athleticism to play in the infield at first base and do a great job and then go out to any one of the outfield spots. Uh, as you saw him fill in last year um, for uh, several games in center field, uh, he's you know, a good, solid major league outfielder as well as a good, solid major league first baseman. Now, in your role as quality control coach, you um, also occasionally get to see Las Vegas, and I know you were there. for. Was it for their home opening series? I was, yeah. The home opening series uh, last week on the or April 9th, um, and uh, they're playing good baseball. We've got a lot of good young players on that team. Uh, that that actually have gelled and and uh, it's fun to go watch them play. If if you're a fan of uh, of the A's and the organization and younger players, it's a great place to take in a game. It's a beautiful new stadium. Um, the Hughes Group's done a, a fine job of building a ballpark that's uh, uh, really beautiful and it fits right into uh, Red Rock Mountain there in Vegas. It's it's a place I would go if I was a fan. Yeah, they started off like 11 and two or something. Like the last I looked, it was something like 11 and two. They're just on fire. They're on fire. They're, they're like I said, they're they're. A good talented team um, a lot of good young players uh, you know from from uh, Mateo that plays shortstop Barreto's still there playing second base you got uh, Sheldon noisy you got Murphy um, so you know there's there's some some good young talent there and, and they're like you said they're off to a great start yeah that rule five kid too that's been been lightened up there that's a, I mean they're just a, they really seem like they've got a good group um, Barreto, what have you make of him? Of him? It's, we, we know he's kind of, you know, probably ready to make the, the leap to the big leagues at some point, but so far a little bit stymied, especially after Profar's been acquired. Sure, you know, um, he's he's uh, 
in Vegas right now, and uh, you know he's a player that we know can play at this level. He's proven and come up and done a great job in contributing, and that's one of the great things about this organization. You know, uh, Bob always says that it takes an army to to get through a season, and and it's nice to have those type of players in our system. That uh, you know when you bring them here, they come in and they they fit right in. They play in our uh, in our mold and our type of game that we play here, and they understand that. You know, you got to be versatile, and and uh, and Pareto's done a, a great job in his role. And and when the time comes, I'm sure he'll step in and and uh, and provide success for this team. Yeah, he's now another guy that's uh, also now able to play play some in the outfield. Um, last question: um, In your job as quality control coach, what have you made of this this most recent stretch for the A's here? It seems like the rotation's been taking a little bit of a of a bumpy ride in this uh, last week or so and and the the offense has been a little bit on the quiet side which i know sometimes can happen when the when the pitching staff is a you know, you're maybe trying to do a little too much. What are you seeing? Well, I mean, you look at last season, and, and this group uh, really, you know, came together, uh, I would say, in the month of June, uh, middle of June, late June. Um, you know, it takes some time. Um, there were some changes in the off offseason. Uh, the group needs to find itself, and uh, that's part of the process. Unfortunately, we have a long season. It's 162 games. Uh, you know, every game is meaningful, obviously. Um, but I think we've... we've uh, you know, done a good job in, in just um, staying in games, staying uh, under control with our thoughts and our process and realizing that, um, you know, it's baseball. There's stretches you go through when the offense doesn't score runs. There's stretches when the pitching doesn't, you know, and um, maintain and keep you in games. But overall, I think this group knows that they're uh, – uh, the work that they've put in and uh, the group that's here is going to gonna, gonna uh, be successful. That's a good reminder. They really did not get going until June last year, so there's plenty of time. Mark Kotze, thanks again for joining us on A's Plus. Thanks, Susan. Our thanks again to Mark Kotze for joining us on A's Plus. Our producers today are King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. We'll be back later in the week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at sslusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.